Good morning. We have been on our series entitled The Master's Design for the Family for the past eight weeks. This sermon series has been coupled with group discussions for our life groups and our small groups to discuss, share, and talk and learn about each other's families and the master's design for us. Just like the author of Hebrews said, The Word of God exposes our thoughts and our attitudes. And so as we studied the Master's design through God's Word, I'm sure the discussions have surfaced, has exposed our families, our current designs, and how we are all in some ways caught lacking. Our designs are not according to the Master's design. So as we come nearer to the conclusion of this series, what's there to celebrate? What's there to celebrate at the end of this series? You see, this eighth week was supposed to be a celebration for us finishing the very, very big chunk of this series. But this series and the truth that has been exposed to us has showed us how our families are not actually that close to the master's design. In fact, many of us are very far. So what's there to celebrate? May isa celebrate ba tayo? I hope and pray that the Word of God today speaks tenderly to all of us as we bring our broken designs into the hands of the Redeemer. Let's open in a word of prayer. Father, we are not according to your design, but you call us. You call us into holiness. You call us into righteousness. So we put our broken designs in your presence at this moment. Allow you to minister to them. And speak to us so that we may have grace to walk in your path. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our passage for today will be the continuation of the book of Ephesians. We are now at chapter 6, verses 10 to 18. Let's read this together. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. This series has invited us to talk a lot about our families. We've talked about husbands, wives, children, parents, grandparents, and even in-laws and those roles. But what's the significance of these roles? Is that Is it just for us to have a good family so that we can have a harmonious family? Is that the whole point of the master's design? God just simply wants us to have great families. What's the significance of assuming these roles properly? 
what will be the consequence of not following the master's design, if any? Well, as we look at our passage for today, Paul seals his discussion from family roles on chapter 5 to highlighting the significance of these roles and assuming them in chapter 6 to conclude the whole book. Let's look at verse 12. In red, it says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. After Paul talks about living out the master's design in chapter 5. Our roles, he, he, he explained it. He, he, he explains husbands, he explains wives, he explains children. He moves on to chapter 6 and he thrusts it in. He drives it forward. He surfaces the reason why this design has to be upheld. Because the master's design is a battle design. That's what it says in verse 12. It's a wrestling against spiritual powers. It's against spiritual authorities. It's against darkness. It's against forces of evil in the heavenly places. This battle that we fight, this formation that was commanded for us, is a battle formation. Our battle is against spiritual forces. It is a spiritual battle. Families is a spiritual formation that is designed for spiritual battle. And our battle strength, our battle formation, depends on how aligned we are to the master's design. Because we should be battle ready. Not just for the sake of having good families, for the sake of spiritual battles. So this is what we can surmise. The master's design is our battle formation against spiritual forces of darkness and evil. Being a youth pastor, I've had several encounters with parents who approach me to share about their concern about what their youth are struggling with. At the conversational level, you'll hear of the struggles that are surfacing, struggles that are common to all humans. But here's the shift in the tone. How often have we looked at these surface-level struggles at, as not just flesh and blood struggles, but actually spiritual battles? A battle of your children against the presence of sin in their lives, against the powers of darkness in this world, and the evil presence that exists in this world. How about in our marriages? We have often heard of friends, couples, married friends, who struggle in their marriages. Maybe they're pretending that they're all together on Sundays, but actually have nothing to do with each other from Monday to Saturday. They don't talk. They don't sleep in the same room. They, share, they don't even share stories or care for one another's burdens. How often do we consider these issues, not as flesh and blood issues, husband and wife issues, but actually spiritual issues, spiritual wrestlings, spiritual battles. Paul here is surfacing up that truth for the Ephesian church. He says, you see guys, this is not about just earthly things. We should fulfill our roles because we do not wrestle against flesh and blood only. 
but actually against rulers, against authorities, against cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Notice all the adjectives and the powerful nouns that he's packing onto that realization. Paul is saying that this is a battle, guys. This is not about happiness or sadness or peace or quarreling or conflict. This is spiritual forces against each other. So today, as we enter our topic, a celebration that calls for action, we are invited to consider that the master's design is a design for battle. And we will encounter three questions. What reason causes us to celebrate? What can we celebrate? And how must we respond? So let me tell you a story. Imagine a scenario that there's a coach who taps you on the shoulder one day, a renowned coach, maybe a Philippine international coach, and tells you, hey, Pastor Nate, I tapped you to go to the Olympics. You will be the representative for the Philippines. Galingan mo, ah. Strengthen yourself. Tibayan mo loob mo. God bless you. Imagine that feeling. What would you feel? You'd feel honored at first. Oh, I was tapped. I was part. I was commissioned. But I... In, in the very instant that you realize that, you realize how inept you are, how inadequate you will be against Olympic-level competition. Mahakapag-celebrate ka ba na tinap ka? Or you'll be so scared and ashamed of what will happen to you on that competition floor. Impossible atang manalo. So, that answers our first question. What reason causes us to celebrate? May panalo ba tayo dito? What causes us to celebrate is that we celebrate that God is sufficient strength for the battle. Paul, as our coach, tells you, be strong. Take up the master's design. Do it. But he doesn't leave us there. He doesn't leave us with God bless, ah. Galingan mo, ah. No. That's not what he does. Let's look at verse 10, 11, and 13. Look at what Paul says. Finally, be strong. And he continues it. In the Lord and in the strength of the Lord's might, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. So Paul's command, the coach's tap, if we want to call Paul the coach, is not without supply. Hindi ka tinatap na para matalo lang dun. He says, be strong, galingan mo in the Lord. Paul commands us to have strength. Strengthen your formation, but not of our own. Rather, he points us to the source of strength that it is in the Lord that we can be strong. In the strength of his might using his armor. What's the effect of all this? This is telling us that to be able to assume and maintain the master's design, it depends on the Lord's strength. It's not on our strength. It's not on our goodness. Hindi sa kagalingan natin as a father, as a mother, as a son, but it's the Lord's strength working in and through us to hold the master's design, to get into that battle formation 
for this present battle. It is the Lord's strength that enables us to hold on, to stand firm. So we can say this for today's point. We must rely on the Lord's strength and put on His armor that enables us to withstand and stand firm. So what causes us to celebrate? We celebrate because the strength we need for this battle does not come from us. We don't have to perform or fake it at the Olympics. We celebrate because the strength we need to stand firm against this present darkness, against spiritual forces of evil, is available, is made available in the Lord our God, who is our strength. He will supply what we will need for this battle. That is a cause for celebration. Hindi kailangan manggaling sa atin. The master's design, yes, is God's battle formation for us. But the ability to form that design, to get into that formation, also comes from His grace and His strength enabling us. We are not alone in this battle, brothers and sisters. We do not go to the Olympics alone. Rather, the strength of God is with us. His strength is our power as we use it, Lord, to, to, to assume the Lord's design for our families. So what does this mean for our family issues? Pareho pa rin, we still have those problems, right? Even after this series, the problems kind of remain the same. What does this mean for us? This will mean that if we truly believe what Ephesians says, that we can be strong in the Lord, in the strength of His might, this means we must move according to His commands. His strength is in His instructions. This is what it says in Psalm verse, chapter 37, verse 5. Commit your way to the Lord, trust in Him, and He will act. If I were to paraphrase this, this is what I would say to you. We move according to the way of God, to His design, and then we trust in the power of God in that design. And as we continue to do it, we expect the faithfulness of God to carry us through. So if I confess to believe that God's strength is sufficient for this battle, this must be sort of our reflection. What aspects of my dealing with my family are according to God's design and God's ways? What practices or behaviors do I need to keep on doing, trusting that His faithfulness will someday, at His time, pull me through? And what do I need to stop doing? What parts of my dealing with my family are not according to God's ways? Maybe I'm trying to manipulate the situation too much. Maybe I need to trust and surrender and stop certain behaviors. The famous Christian Hudson Taylor once said, God's work done in God's way will never lack God's supply. The triple word combo there is God's. It has to be God's work and it has to be done in God's way. And God's supply can be relied on. So let's think about all the stories that we might remember. Maybe it's about God's work telling us to bring our kids to church. Maybe it's reading Bible stories to five-year-old kids, seven-year-old kids who don't pay attention. Maybe it's leading family devotions, but none of your family members speak up, share, or reflect with you. They just look like they're waiting for it to end. 
Or how about family prayer times every before meals? You see, all these practices, all these behaviors are commanded by God. These are good practices. These are spiritual disciplines that we commit to doing. This is God's work done in God's way. But sometimes the supply or the fruits don't immediately show. At the surface level, nothing, absolutely nothing is happening. You meet with your life group week after week. It costs so much for you to prepare, but the kids seem to not really change. They don't even share. And then you start to think, what's the use of doing this? Maybe what I'm doing is wrong. Maybe I should stop. Maybe this is futile. How about parents bringing kids to church? They don't even have friends here. They don't even understand what the pastor is saying. Maybe I should just leave them at home. They just they enjoy uh, playing with their friends more. Maybe they can meet God there. Here's the challenge for us there. If we truly believe that the strength is in God, strength is in His might, then His ways will be our strength. Will we continue to trust in God's ways even when it seems dry and futile? Will we continue to do God's work even when it becomes frustrating and disappointing? Will we continue to expect God's power even when the present seems quiet and fruitless? Or will we abandon the ways of God for ways that the world tells us will be more productive? Will we hold our battle formation Trusting that God's faithfulness of submission to my wife, or submission to my husband, obedience to my parents, loving my wife, wala namang fruit eh. But we trust in the strength that is in His instruction when push comes to shove, when battles and wrestling comes about. Will we hold on? Will we confess to say, the Lord's strength is my stability. I can bank on His faithfulness. God's work done in God's way will never lack God's supply. So that's for our first point. Our first question is answered. The reason that causes us to celebrate is that our God is sufficient strength for our spiritual battle. So we head on to the second question. What can we celebrate? We celebrate that God has given us the necessary spiritual battle armor. We start in the verse 11. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand firm. So after he tells us to be strong, he tells us to do something. There's a cause and effect here. He says, put on the whole armor of God so that you may be able to stand. And it's repeated in verse 13. Take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand. He packs it tightly in two sentences, saying that this armor will help us stand and withstand the spiritual forces of evil. Itong armor daw ang kailangan natin. Suotin. So what's What's this? We must rely on the Lord's strength and put on His armor. What's the armor that we have to put on? Because mukhang matibay ito. Kasi ito daw talaga ang kailangan natin. 
Ano nga ba yung armor natin? What armor is Paul talking about that we need to bring to the Olympics so that we can win the Olympics? See this picture. There are battles where we don't know what the enemy is like. Therefore, the armors that we bring will be a guessing game. It's guessing and creativity. If you guys know where this picture is from, it's early on in the pandemic when we did not know how COVID is transmitted. Is it airborne? Is it contact? What would be the appropriate mask? Hindi natin alam kasi hindi natin alam how the enemy works. We don't know if a bra mask will work here with the guy on the top left. Or about a sponge mask, will it work? Or a diaper mask in the middle? Or a napkin mask on the right? And I don't know what mask that lady is wearing at the bottom. We don't know. We're guessing what armor we need. But that's not how Paul prepares us for this battle. Thankfully, he specifies what mask we need to wear or what armor we need to bring for this battle that he says is about cosmic and spiritual forces. Let's see what he specifies. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. So this is the enumeration of what masks or what armors we need to bring to this cosmic battle against spiritual forces of the heavenly places. It is the belt of truth. It is the breastplate of righteousness. It is the readiness of the gospel. It is the shield of faith. It is the helmet of salvation. It is the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Notice this list and what it says. Truth, righteousness, readiness, gospel, faith, salvation, spirit, word. Notice this list and what it does not include. For many of us, when we think of ways to survive this battle of life, for example, if I ask one of you here today, what would you want to equip your kids with so that they can survive life well? We think probably we'll hear answers of a good career, maybe financial stability, insurance, real estate, investments, education, opportunity, leadership skills, relational skills, a healthy social network. Those are probably the most common things we think that our kids and the next generation will need to survive this battle that we call life. This passage does not mention any of those things. And I'm not saying that those things are useless. But this passage is telling us what's even more important underneath all those things that we just answered. Truth is more important. Righteousness is necessary. The gospel is absolute. Faith, salvation, spirit, the word of God. These are the foundational battle armors that they need to survive the war. If we aspire for ourselves, our kids, our next generation, this church to survive this battle, 
then this is the armor that we have to specify and work towards. This is the foundation that we build on. These are the things we must put on as a people. Remember when Jesus talked about building houses, talking about um, when the rain comes, the house, this one falls, this one doesn't. Similar here, there are people who build their lives around other stuff. Finances, career, opportunity, education, leadership skills, relational skills, friends, networks, opportunities, businesses. But in this passage, it says that house will not stand. It's not enough. Yes, it's a house, but the, the foundation is not dug deep enough. It says the house that we must build that will withstand the storms is built on truth. It's built on righteousness. It's built on the gospel. This is the armor that will withstand the battle that we're heading into. And I wanted to surface another truth from this passage. Notice all the words here in red. This is the same passage we just read. But this time, I'm highlighting in red the verbs. Having fastened the belt of truth. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Having put on the readiness in all circumstances. Take up the shield of faith. Take the helmet of salvation. In the original language, Paul was using strong, very strong command verbs to communicate his point. He was about to finish the book of Ephesians as a letter. It was a battle cry. And this is what he says. It was almost like an army commander yelling to his troops, Attention! Weapons up! Helmets on! Load your guns! Fasten your belts! Shields up! Brace for impact! Paul was doing the same here for us, the church. Fasten on, put on, put on, take up, take, take and wear it. He is showing us the immediacy, the necessity of us as a people putting on this armor. How have we put on that armor with that aggression, without urgency? Do we feel that we're in a battle? We're in a war? Or do we feel uh, we're just having some family conflict? Is this a spiritual conflict? Or is this just a flesh and blood conflict? It will matter how urgent you see these elements, these armors are. Church, the armor is there. It's available to us. Truth is there. Righteousness of Christ is there. Salvation is here. Faith is here. The word of God is here. It has already been given to us. That's why Paul is saying, take it up, put it on. Nanjan na. Wear and take it, church. If you truly see that this battle of life is not just a battle of opportunity, education, finances, but you see that there are present forces of evil trying to influence your kids, trying to mislead your wife, tempt your husband, then these armors are so necessary, you'd quickly put it on. So It's like an emergency. When the plane crashes, it's crashing, you put on the oxygen mask. It matters what we think we're going through in this life. And in Ephesians, Paul is telling us what you're going through is not an earthly thing. You're fighting against spiritual forces. Put it on. Take it on. Put it up. Wear it. 
How urgent are we in putting on the armor of God? An armor is also something that helps us understand this analogy. You see, a soldier wears an armor and he brings it on throughout his day. He puts it on, he brings it where he walks, maybe his workplace, maybe his post. Even during meal times, maybe break times, he's still wearing it. Why? Because it's wartime. You can't take your helmet off. Any sniper might shoot you in the head. So your armor is always on. Even while you're eating, you make sure your gun is by your side. Your sword is right here because danger is all around. As Christians, this analogy applies to us as well. How have we putting on these spiritual armors? How have we been wearing our armors, not just on Sundays, but ready from Monday to Saturday? Are we bringing truth to where we work, how we think, how we live, how we play? Are we upholding and living according to the righteousness of Christ that has been bestowed to us in our moments of condemnation and struggle? How have you used the shield of faith in all your circumstances, whether in suffering, in grief, in plenty, or in lack? Where is the faith that is in your armor? Is it on you? What about the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God in moments of temptation? I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Have we hidden that armor with us? So in moments of emergency, we have that armor to protect us? It matters what we see, what we define as our battles. Is it a flesh and blood battle or is it a spiritual battle? Because spiritual battles will require spiritual weapons, spiritual armory. Is this life about spiritual battles? Ephesians says, yes, it is. We must rely on the Lord's strength and put on his armor that enables us to withstand and stand firm. Church, what kind of armor have you been putting on? Have you sought to prepare your children, your family, your wife for this sort of battle? It will matter what you think the battle they're about to face. If you think that their battle in life is about battle of finding comfort, finding safety, then as a father, you will seek to give them armors for comfort and safety. If you think the battle of life is about poverty versus riches, then you'll also be looking for armors against that, against poverty and towards riches. But if we truly listen to God's word today, to our passage today and what it's speaking to us, what it's calling out to us, then the battle is more than that. The battle is about spiritual forces. In a spiritual battle, we need spiritual armor more than anything else, more than finances, education, good opportunity, provision, tuition fee. How have you been focusing on arming your family with spiritual armor? Our first question is answered. The reason that causes us to celebrate is that our God is sufficient strength for this battle. Our answers to the second question is that God has given us the necessary spiritual battle armor. The third question asks, how must we 
respond. Continue on in our reading. It says, we celebrate that God is an intimate and reliable battle commander. Why do I say that? Because in verse 18, it says, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. I'll teach you a Bible study skill right here. Sometimes it's actually helpful to read passages out loud. Let's try, ah. Praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. Hindi pa parang chorus ng kanta, meron umiikot na lyrics eh. And Paul was using that brilliance. He was a writer. And he was using that repetition to, to kind of resound in your ears. There's the red words that you hear again and again. And in Greek, it actually sounds even more similar. Praying, prayer, supplication, supplication. And he packed it in a single verse. When you notice that about when you read the Bible, you have to pay attention. Because the author strategically uses writing skills, writing techniques to surface certain things. So what about prayer and supplication does Paul want his hearers to see? Recently, I watched Top Gun Maverick. Maganda movie yun. Kailangan niyo panoorin yun. Tom Cruise looks like he never ages. But there was this moment in the movie when Tom Cruise and Miles Teller finally got on the enemy plane to fly out of the enemy territory. Sa ending na to, spoiler, no? The first thing they had to try to do was to turn on their radio. And you see, radios are essential for war times, for battles. They are our comms. They are our communication with our home base, our command center, our battle commander. And that is the analogy that I think is helpful for this verse 18. Paul is saying here, at all times, communicate with Commander God via radio. Asking for supply for your troops, for all other battalions also in the war. Praying at all times. Contact your battle commander. Hingi ka ng support, supplication. Hingi ka ng supply niya. So in this battle, in this armor, okay, suot na natin yung armor, ano kailangan na, na huling point? Communication. In this battle, you must keep in constant, consistent, and intimate communication with our battle commander. Prayer is the language of communication between us in the battle and our battle commander who has given us the battle formations, the battle designs, and the war tactics. If we're not praying in this battle, then probably we're cut off. Wala na tayong radio. We're AWOL. Cut off na tayo. We're in enemy territory and we have no way to ask for air support. Wala tayong airstrike. Wala tayong submarine. Wala tayong cavalry. cavalry. Wala na tayong kahit anong supply. Communications is what envelopes this whole thing. So just to lay it out for us, Paul today told us three things. Rely on God's strength. Put on his armor. And keep in constant communication with him, the battle commander. If we were to identify a truth that is surfaced in those three things, everything depends on God. We are leaning heavily on, sinasandala natin. We are depending entirely on, ina, umaasa tayo, kanino? In the strength of God, be strong in the Lord, in the strength of his might. Put on, ano? His armor. 
his armor is what will enable us to stand and withstand, to stand firm. And then we have to be constantly praying in communication with him. There is a theme of intimacy and closeness that surrounds this battle. To survive this battle, we must be close to God, to his strength, to his resources, his armor, and his communications with us. So as we celebrate the master's design, we must not simply celebrate that he has given us a user manual. Rather, we must celebrate that we have direct access to the one who has the strength, who gives us the armor, and is available to us throughout this whole battle until we ride on to victory. One last note as I end. One thing I observed about people's prayer is that it reveals their hearts. Try to imagine what you constantly pray about. Anong pinag-pray mo kanina ng opening prayer? Anong pinag-pray niyo kagabi noong Saturday night? What sort of things do you mention to God? Think about it now, ngayon. Anong hinihingi niyo kay God parate? Pag iniisip mo yung asawa mo, anong pinapray mo? Safe siya? Healthy siya? about anak natin? School nila? Grades nila? Health nila? Future nila? Future spouse nila? What about your parents? Pag iniisip mo parents mo, anong pinagpapray mo? Hindi sila magkasakit? Hindi sila maaksidente? Future nila as they age? Notice all your prayers. Meron ba dun na pinagpapray natin yung spiritual armor that Paul says is so necessary for the battle that we are in, in this life? Today, the passage teaches us that what we must fight for, what we must celebrate, is that these essential armories that is necessary for this present battle is available. So I think we ought to align our prayers to what Paul teaches us to be necessary for this battle. We pray for truth, for our children, for our wives, for our husbands to see God's truth, to live by God's truth. We pray for righteousness to reign in their lives, that Christ's identity of righteousness may be what they live by and behave according to. What about faith? In times that are Husband is struggling with his business, in his work. Do we pray for his faith to be strong, to be founded? Or do we pray na, Lord, sana umayos yung business niya. Hindi naman mali yun. Pero parang kulang. Do we pray for readiness for the gospel that steadies us in moments of conflict? Lord, remind me. Remind us of the gospel that we have been forgiven while we were still sinners so that we might forgive others as well. Parang nire-recite ba natin yun? Pasok ba yun sa puso natin? Kasi yung prayer natin reveals what our hearts are about. Eh. Do we pray about these essential things? What about salvation? Pinagpapray nga natin na bumayit yung asawa natin. Eh, hindi nga siya saved. Eh. We don't even pray for his salvation. Pray tayo ng prayer. Bumayit siya. Lord, bumayit sana siya. Lord, sana maging mas loving siya. Sana maging malambing siya. Eh, hindi nga siya saved. Eh. He doesn't have the sanctification, the holiness that helps him love you. Wala. So, may pundasyon na dapat pinagpapray. 
the salvation of God in their lives, saving them from their sin, from their bondage, from their laziness, from their selfishness. Lord, save them. Give them your salvation. Yung anak natin, pinagpapray natin, Lord, sana maraming kaibigan na mabubuti. Pinagpapray ba natin na masave talaga yung anak natin? O kaibigan na pinagpapray natin? Our prayers reveal the level that we think our battles are about. About health lang ba? About pera lang ba ang problema natin sa mundo? Our passage teaches us a bigger battle is going on. And we must ask for supply from our battle commander that are bigger, that are appropriate for the kind of battle we're fighting. So this is where we will end our passage for today. I pray that the Lord has spoken to you as we come to a close, near a close, may konting series pa after this, may konting sermons pa, but this is the master's design. I pray that we celebrate God's sufficiency, we celebrate God's goodness, and we celebrate His available armor for us, and we learn to put it on. And we respond with action. We change our hearts, focus on the battle that is present among us. Okay. Let's close in prayer. Lord, thank you for teaching us that the Master's design isn't about having good families or thriving marriages. Not simply about that, but truly it's about your mission. It's about your mission of fighting against the evil and the darkness using light and holiness. And you do this through our families first and foremost, the first unit of our battalions where we all grow up, we start in, our training grounds is our families. Lord, may our families be places that we celebrate your strength, that we rely on you. And our families be the place where we are equipped with battle armor. Your truth, your righteousness, your salvation, your word may be saturated in our lives that we bring it into battle daily. So that as we enter, as we exit the family, we have worn the necessary armors to face life and its battles. For we know we are facing so many things nowadays. The influences in media, our kids, our youth, our children, the laws that are being passed in the governments are so not according to you. These are not just governmental problems. These are spiritual problems. People are corrupted now. So Lord, help us as a church, Lord, as a spiritual family, equip our generation and the next generation with truth, righteousness, and the essential battle armor. And not just good health, a big church, and a lot of attendance. Help us focus on the foundation that needs to be built deeply and strongly for this house to stand. May we be found faithful in the day of your return, Jesus. You surrender because you are strong and you uphold us. In Christ's most precious name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining our online worship for today. I hope you have a blessed Sunday.